Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves for Macca's. Juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. Ah, yes, indeed. A very good evening. Welcome to the Macca's Run, a recap of all the major news stories, discussion points of the day. You can give us a call on the Harcourt's open line because it is exactly that, to have your say on said news of the day. 1300 736 736 is the number. The Harcourt's open line. 0433981116 is the temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other as we gear up to a big night at the tribunal. So it'll start and will be starting right about now. We'll bring you updates as they're being live streamed. Uh, David Zeta from Fox Sports we know is there, so we'll keep an eye on what he's telling us through that live blog. Uh, And then as soon as we have any news, you will know. Now, first serve is up tonight at 7 o'clock. We had the Jack Jumpers creating history last night live on SEN, so no first serve last night. That'll be at 7 o'clock tonight, but I'm sure BP will give you any updated news that you need to hear on Lewis Young's appeal of the one-match ban for his bump uh, on Cam Zerha from North Melbourne in Carlton's win over North Melbourne on the weekend. So the moment we know, you will know. Uh, brand new show tonight starting on SEN as well called Future Stars. Uh, all thanks to Bravo Management, myself and Liam Pickering introducing you. And we're just going to dig deep into and drill down into the world of recruiting the world of rising stars, uh, the world of under-18s football development pathways all around Australia, how talent is identified, how they get through the system and how they get into the AFL system. So there's just so much to talk about for that. So not only are those players getting draft ready, we feel like we're going to get you draft ready for mid-season draft coming uh, and the AFL draft at the end of the year. So really excited about that new show starting uh, at 8 o'clock Tonight, So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. If you wanted to talk tribunal, if it's one of those cases, and I, and I think there's almost one a year where you either don't care or you feel like the fate of the game is riding on this decision. And there'll be those opinions and there'll be everything in between. So you might be a regular um, Hawkeye viewer. You might be a tribunal voyeur. Or you may not ever care. You just may not enter your radar. Whoever's going to play is going to play. Whoever they're going to suspend, they're going to suspend. Or it could be the first time you go, geez, that seems like if they suspend him for that, that that's another big change to what you can and can't do on a footy field. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. So I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. Are you taking this really seriously? I, I can remember last year the David McKay one. I thought this is this is a watershed moment. This is you, you you are you are trying to through a back channel take out one of the pillars of the game about how players can um, the pace in which a player can go to try and pick up a ball, which that's what I believe David McKay was doing. You might have the same view of this one now. David McKay ended up not being suspended, which was the right call at the time, but now there's been a tightening of the rules around that. And they did it the way they probably should have done it if that's how they wanted things to go. This has got a similar vibe to it because everyone's a bit like, well, uh, isn't it if you choose to bump and get him high and you get him high, then you're in trouble? Isn't the high, wasn't the whole thing we were told about the, the getting him high? 
that seems to be the general consensus around the football world at the moment, which isn't often in consensus, fair to say. So there's a fair bit that seems to be riding on this. So your views on it, how you're feeling about it, what you'd like to see happen, one 736 736 with Lewis Young up at the tribunal tonight. A little bit kicking around, but the, the major story today uh, has been the Tassie Jack Jumpers, the little team that could. The first year phenom, one of the greatest Cinderella underdog. It's all been said. If you've got a new spin on it, I'd love to hear it as well. But you do start to think of those underdog movies, don't you? And this could absolutely be a movie. Gary and Tim want to make it a documentary. It could actually just it could actually be dramatised for the big screen, if, especially if they can go on to win it, of course. This is sort of Rudy, Cool Runnings, um, The Replacements, The Mighty Ducks. This has got all of those underdog vibes to it. Nobody gave them a chance. There's not one person that tipped the Jack Jumpers were going to make finals at the start of the year. And all that they had to do to get there. I mean, they needed a 35-year dynasty to end in order for them to get into the finals. So it is one of the great stories, a feel-good story, a story no one saw coming. It's captured everybody's hearts. It's captured their minds. uh, And it's certainly been the major discussion point on SEN today. I'm sure that deep inside Melbourne United, there's bitter disappointment after last night's deciding semi-final game three. But outside, outside of those four walls, how could you not be swept up in what the Jack Jumpers have been able to achieve in their inaugural NBL season? Even if you just tapped into it last night, you would have heard the most unlikely of underdog stories conveyed. A cobbled together team that started the season two and six, a late season run, winning seven out of eight. The last team into the playoffs, needing the Perth Wildcats juggernaut to be stopped by somebody else in the final game. Hammered in game one by the defending champions, only to go home, harness the energy and force a decider. And then last night, oh, last night there are mystic forces at play, aren't there? United lose Chris Golding in the warm-up. Tasmania get headed in the last quarter after leading by nine. But there's no stopping this Cinderella story. It's front and back page of the Mercury this morning. Out of the box, Jackie's into grand final. Jack's march into decider. Obviously, basketball's first and foremost in everyone's mind. Did the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, did the NBL competition owner, Larry Kesselman, just get Tassie an AFL licence? The AFL has no choice now, surely. I mean, Laura Kesselman's done the hard work for them. Proven it can be done. Proven it can work. Maybe this is the moment of realisation the AFL needed to have. So we'll talk plenty of basketball as well. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers fairy tale is amazing. I'm a new team, first season. Take on the big guns like reigning champion Melbourne United in Melbourne last night and win against the odds. Pre-season, they couldn't make the playoffs with that roster. Everybody was talking about it, but you didn't want to say it too loudly. They started the season badly. They couldn't win. They couldn't score. Their imports were not imports that other teams wanted. Macaulay McIntosh, halfway through the season, was about to be sent home. But they had a fight process. They had a chemistry built slowly, and the recruiting strategy started out um, as, a, as a brainchild idea from Scott Roth and those at Tasmania Jack Jumpers that ended up paying big dividends. And I'll talk to you about that very shortly. We spoke to Scott Roth on this program on February 1 about building a franchise from scratch. Well, we'll replay a couple of those sentiments about building a franchise from scratch because they got it right. 
So, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic story, the Jack Jumper story. But despite the Jack Jumper's own fairy tale being the movie, the one in everyone's eyes we're talking about right now, there is actually, I think, a bigger fairy tale than the Jack Jumpers themselves. And, and I'm invested in basketball, obviously. I broadcast the NBL, so have for the past decade. So, yes, I've got a conflict. I want it to work. I want it to be big in Australia again. So everyone just wanting to talk basketball today, uh, Dwayne Russell, um, it's a small piece of a, a much uh, la- longer opening. But he spoke about Larry Kesselman and he spoke to Larry Kesselman, the, the owner of the NBL, and Dwayne asked him the question if he actually had now um, put the finishing touches on Tassie getting their own AFL team. Did you just get Tassie an AFL licence with your success? <laughs> uh, I hope so. I hope so. I, I think uh, Tasmania deserves and an AFL team. I think it'd be great to have them play in the winter and us in the summer. I jokingly said to someone uh, yesterday, I said, what they should do is they should come to us and have a chat whether they want to call them the Jack Jumpers and somehow sort of build it as a 12 months of the year proposition. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think this would show them how much passion there is in the state and how much they love their sport. So uh, I hope they do. Yeah, I would obviously be open to a conversation. Um, but no, no, no one's called yet, but I'm, I'm open to a chat. Larry Kessel on whether or not he believes uh, that he has helped Tassie secure an AFL team and whether he'd be open to having a chat with Gil McLaughlin about how they've achieved the success in such a quick time that they have. Uh, Scott Roth, the Tassie Jack Jumpers coach, who was an assistant coach uh, in a championship with the Perth Wildcats. He played in the NBL. He's been an assistant uh, in the NBA. He's been an assistant coach all around the NBA. Uh, he has truly been the measuring stick. He, he was the instigator of culture, uh, the creator of the culture, defend the island, such a brilliant catch cry. Uh, he spoke to SEN in Tassie today about the team. Yeah, I mean, you get into the playoffs, obviously, and everything comes down to, you know, some shot making and, and some luck really at the end of the day and having the right possessions to push it over the top. And sometimes you're successful and sometimes you're not. But I see these guys every day in practice and what they're doing and just try to give them as much freedom and belief to a certain extent of you know, being confident in what they're doing and back them. And, and they they stepped up and obviously made some really big plays in game two and game three. And um, that's what the playoffs are about really is, is, is guys, uh, you know, stepping up at certain times. And uh, I've asked these guys, I don't need anyone to be great. I just need everyone to be good or average. That'll be uh, plenty for us and just do your role and play within that role and, and just be solid Scott Roth, he also spoke about the Cinderella story. I mean, it is obviously an incredible story, and I think it's an incredible story for Tasmania and all the young kids uh, there to rally around basketball and bring it back to the state, and I think it's been hugely impactful. And obviously there's a Cinderella uh, component to it, but um, we had belief from day one about what we could do, and I'm not sure everyone saw that. And uh, we just started doing it week by week and seeing where it would end up. And, uh, yeah, there's obviously a little bit of a fairy tale to it, but um, this is actually real life, and it's, it's happening before our, the next thing. Our guys were <laughs> gritty, tough, never give up, just incredible effort for our group. And to defend the island again and impact the state like these guys have done is just a fantastic thing for our group and, and the state. And, yeah, I don't know what to say other than we're just blessed to be in this position and, and humbled by it. Uh, he's been an absolute phenomenon. He's the NBL Coach of the Year, Scott Roth. That was him on SEN Tassie earlier, and the last bit of audio was uh, directly after the game. So game one of the NBL final series, a best-of-five series will be Friday night. Game one is in Sydney. You'll hear it 
on SEN. Cannot wait to bring you the broadcast uh, of that. It, it's the final series that no one thought would be the eventual grand final series. I mean, everybody, I think, had Melbourne United penciled in with this the, their form coming in. Uh, yeah, they lost Jock Landau, but they gained Matthew Delavadova. Joe Lawala-Chul had a career best year, was all NBL first team. Uh, you know, they've got one of the best players in the game in Chris Golding as well. They've got a, a bench that bats deep. They just weren't able to get it done. It is one of the things that I reckon, and we might ask you this today as well, over the next hour... On a Tuesday, I want to ask you, we used to do this a couple of years ago and it sort of fell by the wayside, but I want to ask you who got off the hook and what got off the hook. So the last couple of days of news from the weekends in, weekend in sport, what didn't get the attention that it should have? What haven't we spoken about that we needed to speak about? What was, to you, the biggest story to come out of the weekend that got very little airtime? And I know it's a day to celebrate Tassie, but Melbourne United are going to look back on their last couple of games and say, we really only have ourselves to blame. Yes, you give full credit to Tassie there. Defensive style has caused Melbourne United headaches all through the year. Four out of Melbourne United's five lowest scores for the year were against the Tassie Jack Jumpers, who have got a 3-2 record, winning record against the reigning champions. So the way they play them really does unsettle them. And they've had great success against them all through the year. But Melbourne United are going to go and look at the box score from last night and the game before, and they're going to look at two columns. The first of which is going to be the three-point shooting percentage, which they average over 35% normally. Chris Golding's one of the best three-point shooters in the game. Now, they didn't have him for game three. That's a massive out, but they did have him for game two. Game two, they shot at just 18% for three. Game three, they shot at just 21% for three. And this is the one that's really going to hurt them. When you lose a game by three points and your free throw percentage is 52%, that is that is as bad as it gets. We talk a lot about, and, and I've been talking a lot about, what's happened to goal kicking. Gary and Tim uh, had a, a great chat today with Dave Whedon, who's written uh, The Art of Goal Kicking today. That's well worth listening to on the podcast, sen.com.au. We'll play a bit of that audio in just a moment. But Melbourne United went at 52% from the free-throw line. That's supposed to be your bread and butter. The free-throw shot for a basketballer is like the golfer's swing. It's supposed to be the thing that you rely on above all else. That's your stock and trade. So they will go back and look at that, and they will be shattered with themselves, and, and rightly so. That's a big one that's got off the hook. Of course, we want to celebrate Tasmania today, but Melbourne United... 52% from the free throw line and you lose by three points. A chance to go back-to-back or get into a grand final series to go back-to-back. That will keep them up at night over the preseason. And that got off the hook, I reckon, a little bit today as we celebrate one of the greatest underdog stories. First year phenom- uh, phenoms, by the way. Western Sydney Wanderers made a grand final in their first year on Philly Shore. Uh, seen a couple of texts today talking about the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights in the ice hockey. They won a conference championship. They didn't win the Stanley Cup in their first year in 2017. But I'll tell you, if the Jack Jumpers can win in their very first year, they've still got a bit of work to do to join the best first and second year phenom team that I think we've had in Australian sport. Super Netball. The Sunny Coast Lightning not only won the title in their very first year, they also went back-to-back 
in their second year. So first year phenoms, if you've got another one that this stacks up with that you think is right on par with Tassie Jack Jumpers, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Maccas run, earn Maccas rewards with every Maccas run. Order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. You can call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You'll move your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts. Or text 0433981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, Dave and Green's remarking back a smart stay right there. I'm going to come to you straight on the other side of this. This is the Macca's Run, SEN. The Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. The Macca's, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. That, well, they that have deemed that there's Zer- no wriggle room. The Zerha had his head over the footy. That's yep. what they've deemed. Therefore, irrespective of whether you hit the head, and you, this is what this is, I'm just relaying what yep. they're saying. Irrespective of whether you hit the head, but if you choose to bump when he's in that position, mm. then the, they call it the, um, what's the term they use? Yeah, the, op, the the chance of that happening being high. Okay, right. right. I'll get the term going. They trot it out conveniently all the time. So what what will happen, I think, today is that it will get downgraded from severe and they, he won't have to miss a game of footy and we'll all sort of take a deep breath. Otherwise, just don't bump anyone front on. You can bump, as you rightly say. You can bump. There are instances still in the game where you can bump, but you can't bump under those circumstances. Weren't we always when somebody's told... got their head over the ball. And you don't want people to be able to believe you can bump in those circumstances, even if you go to the side. Yeah, this one was... He, he didn't. It wasn't classically over the ball, but you could argue that he had his head... You know, in that vulnerable position. But we were always, wasn't the phrase always, if you choose to bump mm. and you hit someone, someone in the head. Someone in the head, yeah. Well, he, did, he, he didn't hit anyone in the head, yet he still got a week. Mm. Gary Lyon, Tim Watson, uh, back tomorrow morning from 6am, speaking about the Lewis Young bump on Cam Zerha. The tribunal is sitting as we speak uh, to hear that case. Uh, it's being live, uh, what do they call it? Live, what's the thing? Uh, what are they called? Blogged. Yes, it's a blog. Uh, so that was the forceful contact, graded as careless conduct with high impact and body contact. So it's uh, underway. There was a 10-minute delay due to connection issues. A uh, couple of little things kicking around. Uh, by the way, Carlton are arguing that conduct wasn't careless. It was careful uh, as they've started defending Lewis Young. A couple of things that are kicking around, uh, by the way, not good news for Essendon fan in a year that they don't seem to have any. Uh, Jake String is going to be out for up to a month. He suffered a fresh hamstring injury, this time on the other leg. Good news for Swans fans. You're supposed to get about three players back this week, but also Justin McInerney has signed a contract extension through to the end of 2026. He is a jet. I don't think there's any club that wouldn't want him running off half back. And Joe Danaher, it's actually not that bad a news. It's not great news. But it's not the worst news for Joe uh, injuring the shoulder, I think, second quarter against the Swans. He's going to be out for about four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. Brisbane released a statement today. They're calling it soft tissue. So uh, he should be back. Their run uh, without him, they've got West Coast, Adelaide Crows, they've got Hawthorne and GWS. So it's not the toughest of draws without him, with all due respect to those players. 19 goals for Danaher uh, already this year. Changu Giath, I'm hearing as well, might be slightly delayed on his return from a hammy as well. Uh, one the Harcourt open line, your move, your Harcourts. Uh, let's get to Mark in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Hey, Sam. How you going, mate? Good, mate. What do you got for me? Mate, the Tasmania thing and the correlation between the Jack Jumpers having a bit of success and now all of a sudden that 
opens the door for an AFL club. I just don't see that correlation that other people are, um, or that connection, so to speak. I think what it is, Mark, is that, that so some of the things that have been uh, put up as why things won't work in Tassie are, oh, because the North and the South hate each other. Well, that's been knocked on the head. Oh, you won't get the corporate support. Well, that's been knocked on its head. Oh, they won't get behind the team. Well, that's been knocked on its head. So they're talking, I think what that's pointing out is that some of the misconceptions about why things wouldn't work with putting a team in Tasmania, we're pointing out that, well, the NBL's knocked all those on its head and proven that it will work. Well, I still have a doubt on the uh, the dollars and cents, so to speak, and the amount of corporate money that might come in and whether they've got enough coming in to be able to sustain the club on it um, independently. In the really fact-finding report that uh, was commissioned, and I can't remember the bloke who did it, Mark, but uh, I, and I, it'll come to me eventually, that was knocked on the head as well, that they don't believe that that will end up being an issue because the, the, the government's going to underwrite at least about $8 million of it and probably more. They're going to be the biggest sponsors of it, just as they are currently of Hawthorne and North Melbourne. So though that's where they... Uh, that's going to give it a big boost. I know it takes a lot more than sort of $8 million to run a footy club, but they've already got that. It's a good place to start, and they don't think it'll be an issue getting the rest. Always great to chat to you, Mark, and appreciate uh, the call. Uh, when we come back, by the way, there's uh, some great text coming through about your first-year phenoms. Dave in Greensboro, Andrew in Seaholm, James in Sandringham, Bill in Wallen. I'm going to get to you straight away uh, on the other side of this. What got off the hook as well and who got off the hook? Your big news story that you think's received no attention. You can put your nominations up for that as well. I've got another one up my sleeve that I cannot believe that the Saints, their loss has been twisted into the reason being that they sold a game to Cairns. That's the biggest get out of jail free I've had all year. Back after this. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. Hey, you can earn rewards with every Maccas Run. Order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. Uh, just the reports that are being drip-fed drip through the live blog, courtesy of Dave Zeter at Fox. Carlton arguing Lewis Young's conduct wasn't careless, it was careful. They're also arguing that above all else, this incident doesn't have... The, cons- cons- the constituent elements of a reportable offence. Carlton is also arguing that the impact was not high, but low to medium. So those th- are coming through uh, as we speak. James in Sandringham wants to give his view uh, on the Lewis Young uh, Tribunal appeal tonight. G'day, James. Yeah, g'day, Tommy. Hey, look, I think where we're going with this is... We're trying to get too finite and a little bit too detailed in the adjudication. I reckon where the uh, AFL is going, at the end of the day, if it's on duel enough to fight it, then it's attacking it, then it's James, where are you? Where, what was that uh, screeching? And uh, Are you near a pack of galahs? Or... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. That's all no, good? Okay, keep going. Sorry, that was something. Uh, might just be yeah, a bit of feedback sorry. on the line. Uh, okay, sorry about that. I think where we're going with it is basically adjudicating unduly rough play. If the perpetrator of um, you know the crime effectively has a choice to make beyond the choice that they make, whether it's a shepherd, whether it's a tackle, um, I, I think they're going to be in trouble. I think the AFL basically wants to give everybody the opportunity to play the game or where somebody does something that can potentially injure and maim the opposition player, they're going to start cracking down. I don't know where we've landed on this whole rule around unduly rough play, but I think that's where, we, where we're going with it. 
Yeah, so, and oh, just can I just ask you quickly, when you, and, and I, ha, I take no issue with it at all, but I'm curious, because I'm trying to think of who you might be thinking of, when you called me Tommy, who did you think you were speaking to? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious, because I'm not having a go, but I'm trying to think, who on the station is, is Tommy? Oh, look, I, I bounce around the, the different airways. Uh, all good. So not a drama at all. Oh, you just, you just yeah. piqued my interest, James. Anyway, so to the point... Yeah. Uh, at hand, I think what's confusing people at the moment is that, and you might be right, they might want to make a very big change, and that's what I spoke about earlier. It seems, again, that the AFL is very keen on making a very big change to the game, and that would be, it seems, to eradicate the bump completely. Well, maybe not to the side, but certainly to the front, uh, a front-on bump to any player, regardless of whether it was high. But what we were led to believe was that if you choose to bump and you get the player high, and you will then suffer the consequences. And, and it was said by Brad Scott earlier in the year that if you are late and you bump and you get the person high, you're in trouble. This was the ball within the five-metre uh, area and a bump that didn't end up getting the player high. So that's not what we were told the new adjudication was. And we're all on board with doing everything we can to protect the head and understanding the, the real threat that concussion poses and multiple concussions posed to people's lives, um, mental health, yep. physical health. We, we, we're learning more and more, and it's, we're getting – the more we uncover, the more adamant we are that we need to do something. But this wasn't what we were told, so I think that's why there's confusion at the moment. And are you, James, would you be of the belief that if you do want to make that change – and I'm not saying I do or I don't – but if they do want to make that change, come out and openly say, this is the change that we're making – Oh, look, 100%. Anything that I think can potentially maim and injure, uh, and this is just my personal point of view, like I want to see more mm. people encouraged to play the game, you know, kids, you know, the girls, etc. I think anything that protects the player going for the ball or, the, you know, whether the player's going for the ball or chasing for a tackle, um, I think you've got to look after him. I, I just think, you know, whether it's the head or whether it's the spine or whether it's your shoulder... Um, you know, we spoke about, or, you know, I think somebody mentioned earlier around the Jack Inovan uh, situation where there was a, uh, uh, a shepherd uh, where he was uh, awarded a free kick. And, yeah, then at the end of the day, everybody scratched their heads uh, as to what that shepherd was for. I think it was unduly rough play, and I think that's where the AFL's going. They basically just want to take anything out of the game where, you know, in that, um, with, with the Carlton situation, he could have tackled. You know, both of them technically could have done what the Carlton player did, but one chose to continue which, for the one, ball. Which one was that one? Other, sorry, James. Which one was that? The one sitting in the in front of the tribunal. Lewis Young. Week. Yep. Yeah, Lewis Young. Yeah, that's right. Like Lewis Young, he he decided that he was going to, you know, lay the, um, uh, you know, basically go for the bump, uh, whereas the opposition player he decided to go for the ball. If that they both could have, you know, gone for the bump, but I think they're just trying to take take any form of, uh, I guess, aggression at the opposition player out that can potentially injure him. So I'm just having a look at it now. So Zerha goes to paddle the ball forward. Young's coming from the other way. You can see Young sort of pull up a bit and stand up a bit, and he got Zerha right in the shoulder. When I, when I saw it happen, I thought, you're gone. Because the angle I had was the first camera angle you see. Uh, we were at the ground. It was directly below us. I could see what the camera was looking at. 
And I thought he had got him, got him high and flushed him. And I thought that is as crude as it gets. That's going to go. But then the reverse angle shows that, no, that was actually to the shoulder and, and it wasn't high. Um, and he has given evidence just on to your point, um, James. Lewis Young has said that he de-accelerated quite quickly and got as low as he could and tucked his arm in to protect the head. He said that Cam Zerha is like a raging bull. You could say he's attempting to just sort of barrel through me. So when you look at that, Zerha is actually going harder and faster than what Lewis Young is. And this isn't a blame Cam Zerha uh, tangent to go on, but that's uh, what Lewis Young is saying. But it's, it is interesting what you're saying, and, and, and I think there's a few people that hold that view that the AFL are slowly but surely trying to t- take that out of the game altogether. Do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Are you okay with that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Who got off the hook? A couple of things got off the hook. Bill and Wallen, give us a call back. You just dropped out on us. Um, you've, got a good, you've got a couple of nominations there. The other nomination was first-year phenoms. After the Tassie Jack Jumpers have made the grand final series in their first ever season, the Sunny Coast Lightning in the Super Netball won two premierships in their first two years. Western Sydney Wanderers... Now, they won the Premier's plate, finished top of the table in their first ever season, but they lost the grand final. Uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights won a conference championship, but not the but not the uh, Stanley Cup in their first season in the NHL in the US. Have you got any other first-year phenoms? Andrew in Seahome has been waiting patiently. G'day, Andrew. How you going, mate? How are you? Good, good. What have you got I've for got... me? First-year phenoms. Uh, yeah, two things. Um, the first time was the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, so preliminary final, yeah. I reckon, in their first season, didn't they? Finished no, third. They, no, no, they won. Didn't they win with uh, Glenn Lazarus? No, 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 99. They were premiers in 99. 98 was their oh, first okay. year, and they made the prelim final, I'm fairly sure. Okay. But um, I'm, the I'm, other 100%, I'm 100% that 99 um, it was when they won their first uh, premiership. Yep. Okay, the other thing is, that Carlton guy that got reported, did he really move his feet or did the other guy run into him and he came down and protected himself? Uh, because if you're like, if you live like a basketball situation where you're, um, you know, you can travel and you can, as long as you don't move, yeah, it's so, like the barging rule. Yeah, so my view on it is, and if you if you go and have a look at it, uh, a bit going on, uh, a bit going on yep. in the background there for you. And if you have a look at it, which I am again now, so Cam Zerhar is paddling the ball out in front of himself, right on his hammer to the left hand side of him, off his left hip is Adam Saad. Adam Saad is looking to shut down the space to the ball as well. Young comes the other way. I believe his intent, and we'll see what his evidence says, is to shepherd for Saad. That's what I think his intent, will. we will find out his intent was, and allow Saad to get clear access to the ball. So the shepherd is still a legal, it, it is still legal, it is still allowed to be performed. What we were told, though, was that if you choose to employ it, then... You, it is the onus is on you not to get the player high. So that's what it's looking like to me, and we'll keep monitoring uh, that situation. Appreciate the call, Andrew. Uh, Got to keep moving. Costa in Glen Waverley. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. How are you going? Sorry, I haven't... Um, I've just tuned in, but um, just want to talk about the Lewis Young bump. I was at the game as well. Basically, Lewis Young, to what it looked like to me, stood up when he saw Cam Zuhar 
um, going for the ball and braced himself. Uh, the alternative for him was to bend over and try to pick it up. I think Zerha would have run right over the top of him if he had done that. So yeah. I don't think he had any other op- any other option as far as I'm concerned. So I don't think he should get any weeks for that. Yeah, I'm with you that I don't think he should get weeks, Costa. And I think there's probably, it's a little from column A from what you're saying, and maybe a little bit of column B from what I'm saying about what his intent was in that situation. But I'll just keep uh, hitting refresh just to see uh, what's coming there. Just another one that got off the hook while we're on a Tuesday night. I want to bring this back for the Maccas run every Tuesday. Who or what got off the hook? Big story that got very little coverage. I'm... I reckon the Saints' performance against Port Adelaide has been derailed by all the talk being about selling a game, given the club's $12 million in debt and they get six or $700,000. I don't even know why that is a discussion. When they play that game, that's a valid discussion. April, according to Jared's toilet uh, bomb calendar, that's the worst time of the year to play up there, and especially night time as well. So we learn from that. Oh, by the way, good news and bad news about getting the ahead of scheduling and fixturing and broadcasting on from the AFL, Marcus King. Good news and bad. Good news is we haven't been told no yet. Good news is we haven't been told no. Bad news is just can't do it tonight. So there we go. We're still on. So your questions are still there to be asked. We're still a possibility. So no issue with them selling a game, but that's what's hijacked the fact that that was the most in, the second most inaccurate game of the AFL era. Everyone's talking about, oh, well, they've lost a game because they sold it. No, they lost a game because they kicked 4-18. <laughs> they kicked 4-18. They had four more scoring shots and kicked four goals 18. They kicked 3-3-21 in the first 30 minutes of the game and then kicked 1-15. So they had 21 points on the board in the first 30, and then the next 86 minutes put another 21 on the board, but that was just with one goal kicked in it. They kicked one goal 15 after the th- after 30 minutes played. That is horrendous kicking. That is what lost them the game, and nobody's pointing to that. Have we just accepted now that goal kicking is rubbish and it'll never get any better? I think we've just accepted that. That amazes me. At least there is one positive out of this, though. There is one positive out of this that (laughs) for the first time that I can remember, we're not blaming the umpires for a team having lost. So that's a good news story out of it. But the fact is that the whole conversation got derailed about, oh, no, they they lost that game because they sold it to go to Cairns. No. (laughs) Look at what they kicked. That's as bad as it gets. Well, it's as second bad as it gets. It's the second most inaccurate uh, game of all time. The other one was Hawthorne West Coast 2012 round four when it was, I think, monsoonal rain, wasn't it? Anyway, that got off the hook in a big, big way. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Joe's in Hallam. G'day, Joe. Yeah, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. That's all right. Um, just a quick question. You can maybe clarify something for me if you can. Um, the Lewis Young incident compared to the Nick Larkey incident on the weekend where they both copped one week, but I was thinking that the the action that Nick Larkey um, did, I thought would have been a lot worse than what the Lewis Young incident was. Just your thoughts on how they come up with that conclusion. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I've, I've just got to bring up, actually, Jordan might be able to help me, just put up the exact grading of, of what... Uh, of what um, uh, Nick Larkey's tunnelling was assessed as. I'll get him to chuck that up in a minute. I just don't have it in front of me. The f- 
as I said, when I first saw Lewis Young, I thought, oh, you're gone for all money. We cannot. That's what we're trying to remove from the game. Then I saw the reverse angle. Well, fair bump play on. Nick Larkey's, yeah, I, I, to the eye now, knowing that from the reverse angle, Lewis Young's is, is totally fine. Nick Larkey, intentional conduct, uh, medium impact, body contact, one game. Uh, was how that was graded. It's it's in the matrix, so that can sometimes hamstring um, the MRO a little. But to 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 your point, I tend to agree with you, Joe. I mean, I think that yeah, that 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 tunneling. I mean, how where he could have landed and how he could have landed, you just don't know. It's an incredibly dangerous act, and I and I think it's an act that is possibly, and I don't want to have a crack at Nick Lark. He's a young guy, and this never personal with me. I'm, I'm not that kind of guy that will personally attack anyone um, who's just trying to play footy. Um, but it, it, I think it's not within the spirit of the game, is what I would say. That kind of act isn't, I don't think, in the spirit of the game because the player's in a very vulnerable position in that moment. And, yep, they can be in bumps as well, and some might argue that Zerha was in the situation with... Um, with um, with Lewis Young, but I just don't feel like that action, that tunnelling, That's I don't think that's ever really been a part of what we do. So I, I, I feel you there, Joe, but it, as, as far as the grading goes, it's just done within the matrix. So he didn't make contact with his head. There isn't. They, they talk about the potential to cause injury, and as Gary Lyons said today, they only seem to trot that out when it sort of suits a narrative or an outcome that they're trying to achieve. So... Yeah, that was a perplexing one. So that's another one that got off the hook. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Just to check if there's any update. Oh, by the way, another first year phenom. Uh, Jordan's pointing out to me. Braun GP competed in one F one season in two thousand and nine as a last minute entrant. They took over from Honda because of the global financial crisis. They won the F one championship in their only season with Jensen Button, and then were bought out by Mercedes. And that's the iteration that we currently know them as. Now, Jordan, we're certain that the Western Sydney Wanderers, they won the Premier's plates for finishing top of the ladder, but they did not win the grand final, did they, in the first year? Was it Sydney FC or victory? Or Adelaide? <laughs> Started going through the whole A-League uh, roster. Uh, yeah, so just because I've had a couple of people say, no, they did win it, but I'm, I'm going to back you given that you are our lead A-League caller. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. This is the Macca's run. Earn rewards with every uh, with every Macca's run. Order via the My Macca's app and start earning today. A ton of text to get through. Enough time for the My Macca's run quiz. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We've got uh, corporate box tickets up for grabs. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. My Macca's run quiz. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, Juicy Angus Beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. Uh, the Maccas Run quiz, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Marvel Stadium corporate suite double pass. That is just watching the game uh, in style. The height of luxury is the corporate suite double pass, and it could be yours just by getting five simple questions. You might not even have to get five. You just need to get the last one. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A few texts uh, as well to get through before we hand it over to BP, who will update you if there is any movement uh, on the Lewis Young front. Uh, Shane's in Mentone. Hello, Shane. Good day, mate. How are you? I'm good. Uh, let's get stuck into this. Uh, before the Jack Jumpers, who were the last Tasmanian team in the NBL? Oh, the Daredevils, the Devils. 
I'll accept the Devils. I will uh, accept the Devils. Uh, what pick was Lucky Justin McInerney well. taken in 2018? What pick was Justin McInerney re-signed till the end of 2026 today, taken in 2018 oh. for the Swans? Sorry, mate. I mean, what did, uh, what did he sign? So just tell me what pick he was in the 2018 draft. Yeah, so uh, I lost you. got you back now. Sorry. Shane, just tell me what pick was Justin McInerney in the draft? Okay. Uh, two. He was not two. Uh, thanks for playing, though. Greatly appreciated. Mark in Greenvale. Justin McInerney, what pick was he, Mark? Uh, I've got no idea. I'll say eight. It was not eight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to participate in the Macca's Run quiz. There is uh, Marvel Stadium Corporate Suite Double Pass uh, up for grabs. If you would like to get your hands on that, uh, you just need to tell me what pick was Justin McInerney playing in, and you've got two minutes roughly to tell me before I hand over uh, to BP, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. couple of texts as we're getting our next contestants uh, up and ready to roll. A couple of people saying that I needed to be a bit harsher and use more violent and more descriptive language about what Nick Larkey did. Some of those... The word dog act has been thrown up on the text. I don't like saying that. It's a game of footy and it's an unsavoury act. It, it's, 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 it's a... It's a very disappointing act, I'll say. It's an act that I'm sure that he will regret and lament and wish he didn't do, but that's that just goes a bit too far, uh, I reckon, and I'm not prepared to sort of throw that kind of stuff around. Um, but I understand that people were upset by uh, what Nick Larkey did. Uh, let's go to uh, Mazza in Geelong. Uh, Mazza, what pick was Justin McInerney? Four, I believe. He was not four, mate, but it's great chatting to you. Love your work as always. Uh, Andy in Lang Warren. Andy, what pick was Justin McInerney? Uh, 37. He was not 37. Uh, Denno in Boleyn. Denno, what pick was McInerney? 44. He was 44. Uh, what team does Luka Doncic play for in the NBA? Uh, yeah, Sandy Roberts. Great. Uh, no. Carl in Barwon Heads. Luka Doncic, what team does he play for in the NBA? Brooklyn. He doesn't play for Brooklyn. Uh, Michael in Mill Park. Luka Doncic, who does he play for? Michael, who does Luka Doncic play for? Sorry, Dal- uh, Dallas Maverick. He does. Uh, who's on top of the VFL ladder right now? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it is. Very similar yeah, to the AFL Sharks. ladder. Oh, I can't accept oh it. You've given me Southport Sharks. We're going right down the wire there. I've got 15 seconds. Lee on the road. Lee, who's on top of the VFL ladder right now? Uh, VFL ladder? Yeah, quick, quick. Um, I'll go Melbourne Casey. Yeah, that's it. You've won. That'll do. That's it from us. Congratulations. BP is up next. Really appreciate all your calls, all your texts. BP's up next with the first serve. He will keep you up to speed. Gee, that's difficult to do when you're panelling yourself, I've got to say. Uh, so the Marvel Stadium Corporate Suite double pass goes to, uh, I think that was Lee, uh, on the road. Hey, sorry I didn't get all your texts that came through. They were greatly appreciated on the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Uh, latest on Lewis Young. Having a hard time getting that Fox website to refresh, to be honest. It's... Uh, 
must be some really furious typing going on by Dave Zeta because it's just not updating itself at the moment. But I'm sure when there is a decision, BP will let you know. But a lot of tennis uh, to talk through. BP is ready and ready to go. I'll be back with you with future stars with pickers after that. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.